So you're right. So it's really just that more holistic approach to things. And, you know, education and grades are just one part of it. But of course, like you said, it's more the effort and the attitude that they put towards it rather than the final results itself. Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast channel where we share tips and resources with Catholic parents. Presented through the lens of the theology of the body, we will see how we can be gifted to our children in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. My name is John Hui and I'm your host for this series. Today we've got a very uh, important and pertinent topic to discuss and that is helping our children manage examination stress. Maybe we have to help ourselves too. Yeah, but uh, to do that, uh, we have with us Dr. Penny Tok, who is a psychologist in private practice and who has much experience in dealing with these issues. And uh, welcome to the show, Penny. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for you making your time despite your very uh, busy schedule, you know. Yeah. So um, to start off, uh, could you share with our listeners a little bit about uh, yourself, your family and uh, your work? So I, yeah, so thanks. Uh, I moved back to Singapore in 2013. So 10 years now, goodness, time flies. Time flies. Uh, 10 years back in Singapore because uh, my husband and I wanted to start a family and we wanted to be with family rather than being in a foreign country with no one. So I came back, decided to set up a private practice with the main reason of being able to have that flexibility of time so that we could devote, you know, more of my time and resources towards the family rather than just for work. So I'm thankful I have that opportunity. Uh, so I came back to work with psychology and I really like working uh, with children, but I work mainly now with, I work with children uh, all the way from, you know, the youngest one I had was 11 months uh, that came in and now all the way more towards uh, working with adults and families as well. So a lot of times it's, the, people come to us for different uh, reasons. Some come for, you know, whether they're a bit depressed, anxious. Uh, I work with those with disabilities as well. Um, as well as, you know, sometimes parents just come, just need a little bit of outside professional support and advice uh, about things that, you know, at home that may, may, may need some kind of just a different view on things and some guidance. on. Yeah, wow. so I have two boys now. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's sometimes I also feel like, you know, sometimes parents have said to me, oh, your children must be so well behaved. They must be so good. I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Children are, you know, they are who they are. I can do, I can do whatever I can and I try my best, but um, no, they are individuals. And so I, you know, I like to share with other parents, my parenting journey and you know, the mistakes I make along the way as well. Well, we'll have to high five that. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the same boat. <laughs> I also uh, share with people that uh, we are not sharing this podcast because we are great parents, but because we also like to share all the mistakes that we have made uh, and the lessons we learn along the way. And we hope that they won't make the same big mistakes, especially that we make. Yes, yes. It's about sharing experiences as well, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yes, and looking like you've got lots of experience in uh, managing these uh, areas of uh, um, anxiety, stress, even depression in um, individuals and families, including young clients, I guess. So yes. as a start, since we are uh, um, discussing this topic of uh, helping our children manage examination stress, would you like to start with uh, sharing with us what are the uh, common causes of uh, examination stress uh, in children and teens yeah i think it's it's especially so you know in, in singapore with the big climate so we know that there are quite a number of changes along the way with regard to removing streaming changing the psle exam criteria but i think that the pressure is still very much on and it might take quite a while before you know 
I think the mindset starts to change about things uh, with regard to education. But typically, we do see a lot of parents as well. They, they get really stressed during exam times. And we know in terms of mental health, a lot of times the it's just before exams and when the results are coming out. And that's where children really get a number of children actually go into quite high states of anxiety. right? So before the exams, during the exams, and after the exams, it's calm for a bit. And then when the results are coming out, we see that spike as well. So typically then, you know, we get, we get busy here as well because then we know, okay, PSLE is coming, <laughs> all levels are coming. And we, we kind of, it's, it's, we've been around a while enough to know that there's a bit of a trend coming. So that's always a bit of a concern. You must be very relaxed during the school holidays. Yes. Yes. I mean, but some would then want to do extra to prepare. So we'll see. Oh, that sounds like more stress. <laughs> Well, I suppose, like you mentioned, parents also get stressed, right? Um, so sometimes when we get stressed, we pass on the stress to our children, right? Yes. And uh, sometimes it might make things even worse for the children who are facing stress from both the school and then now from home and uh, trying to um, fulfill the expectations of the parents even. Um, so what can we as parents do to help our children in this area to help them cope and manage examination stress? Yeah, I think because a lot of the stress from the children come from, you know, fear of disappointment, fear of disappointing themselves, fear of disappointing their parents. And of course, you know, fear of reprimand, fear of punishment, because typically it tends to, I think a lot of, I mean, studying for exams in particular, is not terribly exciting. And so to understand that not every child is going to be so motivated and so internally motivated to do well. So then what I think we tend to do as parents sometimes is to either dangle carrots, you know, either threats or rewards, which then become very external, right? So then, of course, if I don't do well, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. My son has things here today and he's like, mommy, if I do well, can I get Pokemon cards? And I, was, and I was just joking. I'm like, okay, you get all correct. And he's like, how about two? Two wrong. Can I still get Pokemon cards? <laughs> and so we were laughing. I said, no, you know what? No matter what you get, I think we you deserve it because we've been practicing. You've been doing well. You've tried. You know, um, so I think that that's more important. Right. So I think that's what, that one is something that we need to be a bit more mindful of. If everything is going to be rewards and punishment based, then from the child's point of view as well, after a while, it's like, well, what am I working for? And we don't want that to become uh, you know, a reflection of themselves, like, oh, I'm terrible, I'm not good. Um, and I think the other part is that um, even for myself, right, sometimes when I see my children and I'm like, oh, why are you not working as hard? But then I have this very nice memory which is obviously very fake because I think my mom would disagree with me of, of me being a very conscientious student I would do my work and I, I'm sure if I talk to my mom she'll be like no no I don't think so so we have this view when we think back about ourselves and our childhood sometimes we forget how difficult we were and how difficult studying was or exam times so I think as parents sometimes we need to just pause and think mm, were we really the best students ourselves when we were younger you know, and also just be mindful, like, I find as well, like, in terms of helping my child, sometimes I, like, some days I actually clear my schedule so that I would do Chinese homework with my son, because that's always the hot topic, right, the, the hottest, the most difficult subject, but I also know that if I go in and I'm stressed, and the slightest fidget, or the slightest time he starts to, you know, get distracted, I get upset. Hmm. However, when I go in and I remind myself, 
he's going to struggle, I'm going to get frustrated, and just be mindful, you know, that it's just, this is going to happen, and prepare myself for it, I find that, you know, from a parenting point of view, it really helps, uh, it really helps, because expectations are laid, you know, we know um, that, so I think a lot of, you know, to answer your question, I think in terms of self-reflection, first, <laughs> right, um, self-reflection first, and then, you know, scaffold the support for them as well so rather than you know just pushing but self scaffolding in terms of the practical side of things if studying and exams are difficult what can we do help do to help and also the emotional psychological side a lot of praise fears tends to make people work faster but it also has you know more detrimental long-term effects and the motivation is just different so I think from a parenting point of view that would be something I'd like to suggest parents kind of think about a bit more. So true. Um, you actually just brought me back to my primary school days and um, what a kid I was, right? And <laughs> uh, I remember um, having my times of uh, having my own fun and uh, not doing whatever I had to do. And obviously, uh, there were times when my grades dropped a lot. And uh, I remember those ones when I thought my parents were going to give me a, a talking to or a hiding. And uh, my mom surprised me. She actually just said to me this, one sentence. Uh, it doesn't to me, matter to me what your grades are, what your results are. It just matters to me whether you tried your best or not. Mm. You know? And and that, I, I remember I was in primary four at the time. Uh, it's still stuck in my brain <laughs> up to now. Of course, at this age, I have better long-term memory. Uh, yeah. But I must say that uh, <laughs> even from that time, you know, the uh, um, memory of that incident uh, really etched in my mind. And it sort of like helped a lot in my understanding of what my attitude towards exam examination should be. And um, I tried to do that with my kids, um, not very uh, successfully, I must admit, <laughs> uh, but I tried. And uh, like you said, sometimes we just get a little bit stressed ourselves and uh, we, we find ourselves uh, getting a little bit uh, irritable and, and things like that and trying to help them with the uh, tests and exams and PSLE and things like that, right? So I, I know what, what you have been going through and what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know that for my, in particular with my older one, if I start to get a bit short with him, right, and then he senses it and then he gets upset and then the, the, the learning will not go anywhere, even mm -hmm. if I'm trying to support and in the end, everyone's unhappy. So quite often, I will have to either remove myself and say, okay, I need a break, <laughs> you know, I'll come back. Uh, but it is effortful. But I do need to, I do still remind myself that I'm the adult in this situation after all. I'm talking about younger children, but even for those that are slightly older, right? You know, we have to be mindful that they are still children. Even a teenager is still a child, it's still not an adult. So, and, and of course, the ways to motivate, motivate them would be different. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um. In that case, what kind of attitude towards um, studies and exams do you think that we as parents should inculcate in our children? Maybe inculcate in ourselves first, <laughs> and then we pass on to our children, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the key thing, because unfortunately, you know, in our setting, so much is focused on grades. And I think, you know, when we look at children and a person and their self-worth, their self-identity. So as a child, obviously, my main identity is as a child, as a you know, to my in my family, but also my education and the scores and the grades. So I think we need to be conscious to move away from that 
and focus on the holistic side of things. So, you know, like you said, what, what are exams? What kind of, what are exams for? What's education for in the first place? What kind of attitude? So learning and education is a platform, right? It's a platform that opens up the world. That's what I tend to tell, I, I like to tell my children. It opens up viewpoints. You hear different viewpoints. You're intelligent enough to make, to take on new ideas, make your own wise decisions about things. Right? And then you've got options. So that's usually, you know, my attitude <clears throat> towards um, education, towards learning. And I think that could be something that, you know, I'm sure there are other things which I can learn from others as well. But that's the message that I've been sending to the kids and families I work with and also my own children. Oh, that's great. It looks like uh, it's a very holistic kind of education that uh, you you seem to, to be proposing right now in the sense that um, we want them to learn not just to get better grades, although grades will be a bonus, but really to uh, learn to be able to be more knowledgeable and, and more importantly, to be wiser and also to be better individuals, right? And not just um, uh, uh, people who are just exam smart and yes. just get the grades that you want. And then after that, you find that the, uh, someone with a big head but a small heart going out into mm -hmm. society and then um, making things worse, perhaps in society, if that's the case, possibly, I don't know, you know. Um, so I, I think it seems to me that that's what you're proposing. Yes. And also, you know, like I like to remind people I work with as well. It's like everyone's got different roles in society. So really good grades will, you know, yes, that opens up different roles, but it doesn't diminish the importance or the value that other people play in, in our lives as well. You know, so I talk about, oh, someone might be really good in sports. Right. And that's their thing. And that's good for them. But, you know, studies might be grades might be somebody else's thing. So you're right. So it's really just that more holistic approach to things. And, you know, education and grades are just one part of it. But of course, like you said, it's more the effort and the attitude that they put towards it rather than the final results itself. Yeah, I think in our local context, it does seem rather challenging for parents to uh, try to get a mindset whereby, you know, if my kids don't do well in the schoolwork and their grades, it's okay. They are very good in this other um, activity or in this other sport. And let's get them uh, to develop in that area. Unlike uh, some other countries whereby the, perhaps they have uh, very professionally um, organized uh, uh, sports um, bodies and so on, which help the children develop well and become professional players in their own fields, right? But in Singapore, in, in our local context, it seems that that is not as... Um, uh, available, we might say, and it seems as though uh, parents therefore feel that they don't have very much option if they want the children to uh, succeed in inverted commas. Yeah, and I, I do agree with you because I think in Singapore we do have, I think one is just the nature of the size, you know, of, of Singapore and everything else. We We do seem to have a few more limited options. So in other countries where, for example, tradespeople are highly valued and skills, uh, not just your academic grades, but like you said, sports and everything else has a bit, um, there are options. And I know that someone has said to me before, it's like, oh, you know, these talk, this talk about uh, holistic views, grades are not the only thing. It's it's sometimes, it's, it's, you know, it's people who come from well-to-do families that can afford to have such views, right? So those that don't have as much, they you know, they feel like that's really one of the main areas, the main ways that they can move and improve um, their financials or anything similar. So I do agree that it, it can come across as quite difficult, but I think that in anyone, the motivations are, the way we motivate a child to help them see the value of education will have a very long-term effect. 
And if I'm constantly going, if you do this, you'll get this job, you'll earn this much money in the future. It really just takes away the value and the love for learning. And it will only have limited success. I've got adults that come in and say, oh, my parents were really strict with me. Yes, I'm a successful such and such now, but I hated learning. I'm frustrated. I don't even like my job. And so, you know, it. I think it, it will balance out in the end. So I think, you know, I'm not so idealistic and going, oh, yes, you know, we should all, you know, just sit around and be happy all day and not, you know, worry too much about the future. But I think it, it will just still need a bit more of a balanced approach because any mental health is very important and we don't want to get the children or the parents or the families in a situation where I have to undo the damage that's been done so if we just take a more measured approach I think that would be probably the wisest yeah true true and it brings to mind also this um, advantage that we Catholic parents have right which is that God will take care of them he's he's got a plan for them he knows what's best for them we just let them try their best and let him do the rest. <laughs> yeah, I know it's easier said than done, right? Yeah, yeah. for us uh, parents here. Yeah. But um, I, I think that uh, this is one of the things that uh, my wife and I really try to remind each other uh, when things don't go the way uh, we thought they would or the way uh, we had planned or so, uh, uh, or we had hoped really. Uh, but it's fine. In the end, uh, things do work out uh, for the better. And um, sometimes children do take time to um, flourish. And uh, so to really bloom, some are late bloomers and they might do that later in life rather than uh, earlier on. Yeah. And uh, like you said, life is marathon. It's, it's not just a sprint. We can actually just, uh, some things can work for a short period of time. But beyond that, if the motivation is not uh, it internalized, it's going to be very difficult to maintain the marathon. Yes. Yeah. So I think, and like you said, you know, some of the practicalities of life get in the way, obviously. Right. But if we just, you know, like you said, just take time reflect on it you know obviously say a bit of a prayer just take a bit of you know speak to other people in similar situations get a bit of you know and, and then see if that helps i think that would be one thing they can consider yeah that, that's very uh good wise words yeah and um since we're on this topic right of uh, parents promoting culture of um, learning and um, um being more so-called tolerant of uh grades and um, focusing more in terms of um, a holistic approach to education of the person and not just of the grades. Um, how can we, as parents, promote the culture where our children can have a love for learning and then they can be really more internally motivated to um, do the best that they can um, without having to be unduly stressed by exam grades, you know? I think sometimes it's so it's, it's a few factors, right? So one of the things is that, you know, I've got some families that will say, oh, my child needs to read more. They need to read more widely. They don't read. And then when we talk about the f habits of the family, the family doesn't read. So then the child would say, but my, you know, my parents are always on their phone. They're doing this. They're not reading. Or, you know, so that sometimes, you know, I think modeling some of the behaviors I mean and I'm guilty of it as well sometimes I just want my children to leave me alone go on my phone just mindlessly scroll through things and then I have to consciously remind myself oh I think I should you know play a game with them or read a book and then you know it's it's so you know I'm definitely guilty of all these other things but I think modeling would be really good engaging them in the discovery right engaging them in discussions engaging them with the discovery encouraging conversations 
Um, so it's like, oh, when you read about this, so, you know, my son has been going on about, mommy, my teacher says we need to grow Tyson for science class. And so, you know, we got down and so spending a bit of time, it is effortful and often it's boring stuff for me. It's like I've been through, I've grown enough green beans in primary school and it's not terribly exciting for me, but then I have to remind myself why I'm doing it and it's the joint um, you know, the learning and experience. So I think that would be one thing and just encouraging knowledge, right? Just the love for knowledge and it could be for anything, anything that the parent's interested in, anything the child's interested in, doesn't necessarily have to be books and uh, maths or science school type things. So that would be, I think, one of the key things that, you know, we could all try a bit more. Yeah, quite right. Um, so it seems like a monkey see, monkey do. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a... Very, very wise way of approaching things and when we come to want to educate our so-called our children, right? educate our children and yes. inform them in the way that uh, really is best for their overall uh, growth as persons. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really scary, right? As a parent, when you sometimes hear, like for me, when sometimes I hear the way my son answers me and my husband and my husband will be like, that sounds like you. <laughs> That's like how you speak or he'll say, my child would say, my son would say something. I'm like, you got that from daddy. That one's, <laughs> that one's the daddy thing you've picked up. So, and, and it is quite, sometimes it's quite scary. It's like, oh my gosh, is that how I sound? I need to be more mindful yeah. of uh, yes. myself. Sometimes, right, as parents, uh, we do fall into that, you know, when, uh, when our kid misbehaves, it says, you look, your son, yeah, or your daughter. Yeah, and, and when our kid does well, it says, my son, my, son. my daughter did this. <laughs> So my wife and I have to consciously always make the effort to say our child, our daughter. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's so good to actually um get the kids to have a wonder about life, have a wonder about nature, have a wonder about even knowledge itself, to yes. wonder about things around them and to have the kind of like healthy curiosity to um understand what things are, why they're happening and why do we think this way? Why do we say that way? Why do we behave this way? And so on and so forth so that they can actually over time develop a, a greater um, understanding and appreciation of um, not just maths and science, like you said, but also culture and literature and, and things like that, right? And history and so on. Yeah. Yes. And all the, and, and of course, uh, uh, in our case, um, the understanding of who God is and how God is so relevant in our lives. And um, he's the one who actually really gives us the grace to flourish the way we can and we should. Yes. Yeah. So it's been um, quite a wonderful time having this uh, uh, chat with you. And I'm sure many of the parents would uh, have appreciated uh, what uh, you have uh, shared with us. Before we end, uh, Penny, uh, do you have any any last words of advice like to share with, uh, with the Catholic parents who are listening into this podcast? Yeah, I was thinking about it because I saw, I, I wasn't aware, but I found out after the fact, the fact that my, my old school actually had their anniversary event and just watching you know videos that my friends have posted online and initially there was I realized they were singing the the school song and I was like oh I don't remember the song at all but after a while it all you know after a few lines at the whole song I mean I've been I sang it I sang it for 10 years right so it's hard to forget um but then you know but obviously I've, it's been out of my mind but that kind of brought me back the school motto as well via veritas vita right the way the truth and the life so it's, I think, you know, we're often so caught up with getting the right snacks, getting them on time for classes, getting homework done, you know, meeting all these just daily requirements, even sports classes. I think we sometimes spend a bit too much time worrying about those that, and forgetting the basics. And I thought, you know, thinking back and reflecting upon the 
Via Veritas Vita, the way, the truth, and the life, which, like I said, for 10 years, that was my school motto, and just remembering and reflecting in terms of what's the purpose in terms of life, right, to seek truth, and the way we live it, I think that's still way more important, and that could be something that, when in doubt, you know, if, if you, some parents may not be from St. Anthony's and that family, but, you know, I'm sure you would have your own motto, or even the church you go to, or, you know, in, in your... Um, you know, in your church and in your family, something that comes back to the core beliefs of, uh, you know, what you and your family stand for and what God stands for in our lives. Yeah, that's really wonderful. I think you really summarized it very well, the way, the truth and the life. And uh, and once we have the way, the truth and the life with us, Jesus himself, we would actually really have the answer to everything. And uh, there's really nothing to be too worried about because whatever it is, we know that in the long term, uh, things will be fine and he'll yeah. be there with us. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much, Penny. All right. So, well, well, there we have it, listeners. Uh, thank you very much, dear parents, for uh, being part of this uh, journey. Uh, we also would like to thank um, Dr. Penny Tok, psychologist in private practice, who has uh, shared so much of her experience, uh, even her parenting experience and um, her expertise um, and insights into this area. So I'm sure many of us have benefited from this um, uh, talk and uh, from the way she has shared with us regarding how we can manage exam stress ourselves and how we can help our children manage exam stress so with that we thank you once again and take care and god bless you and your family always bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.